0: Ja, tre, två, ett, Kör. kör! Welcome, dear listener, to Gain It For Lounge your premiere lounge podcast how are we doing uh resident riffmeister jonathan
1: doing well doing fine feeling a bit relaxed with this uh, clean tone today huh? mm. why not bring that out for a while you know you don't yeah. always have to play with distortion even if no. you play on a riff guitar Maybe yeah,
0: <laughs> it's, I really liked it. It got me uh, into a different type of mood. Normally, I'm really like explosive. I might get there uh, after a while, but this really made me feel chill and nice. And uh, yeah, happy to hear it. It's a great sound. What, what can you tell the listener and tell me what you're playing on?
1: Yeah, it's my most used setup for gaining for riffs, but I switched out the distortion pedal for. Um, Strymon uh, Blue Sky. So I've got the Blue Sky as my preamp and then uh, into uh, the MXR Carbon Copy as usual for a little bit of width and bounce. But uh, Mm. yeah, it's pretty much a straightforward uh, Strat uh, Twin Reverb type deal that I'm going for this episode.
0: And of course, I'm sitting uh, in front of my wall of Marshall amps, uh, as you can imagine, you know, having it cranked up to 11 as it should be in this gain it for riffs extra yeah, cool episode. To,
1: you want the mustache to flap like wings <laughs> <laughs> that's when you got the like proper proper volume on and you're sporting a mustache right right now aren't you yes
0: yes uh, it's a mustache yeah. the beard had to go uh, my son was pulling in it uh, uh, pulling at it really hard and it started to hurt <laughs> so i <laughs> yeah, and felt, also also
1: uh, this time of year right when it's so bright in in, in northern europe mm. it's so bright so you, your beard doesn't look as good as in the winter i think Exactly, exactly, some, exactly. It's kind of becomes a little bit more see-through. But yeah, it's yeah. Uh, R.I.P., I guess, for uh, the Petrusha beard. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, now we're going for, um, I don't know, maybe a, um,
0: a John Entwistle uh, mustache. No, but, uh, Tony Iommi mustache, let's say. That's better. Yeah, yeah.
1: I saw uh, Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> <laughs> Which is definitely respect. That's yeah. a compliment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's uh, like? uh, What's what's cooking today? I I feel like I've I've got a soft mood. I can sit back and relax a little bit, and uh, maybe you'd like to start off today. Yeah, definitely.
0: And I think this this riff uh, to get the maximum authenticity. While we are of course copying, (laughs) uh, you need the spoken word intro. So here's my take on it. These are all the kids. It's just an accident. Just a wild punch, out raising hell. (laughs) All right. <laughs>
1: Another Swedish classic there, uh, representing our home country with uh, uh, I do believe this would be Soul Sellers uh, by uh, the Helicopters.
0: Ah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, the right band, wrong song. It's the yeah. opening uh, riff of their first album. Uh, you want to try again?
1: Uh, the album is super shitty to the max. Yes. Uh, gotta yes. get some action.
0: Yeah, gotta get some action. Uh, in brackets and then now exclamation point. <laughs> I like
1: uh, that. Uh, uh, we, we, we <laughs> like brackets, right? We've always liked the brackets. Yes, yes, like, uh, or rep- reprise or whatnot, mm-hmm. kind of uh, or rock, reprise, uh, rock, reprise. Uh,
0: what, what do you call that? <laughs> uh, rock uh, title, uh, rock titles. I guess you know. Bracket. Yeah, the the. Uh, yeah, exactly. The, the way to write out titles. I think uh, this is perfect. I mean, the song is called Now, <laughs>
1: but <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, no one ever and says we...
0: that. Gotta get some action now. It's, it's such a statement of their first album. Uh, sure. We have Nicky Andersson and Dregen. Uh, yeah. So, such super fat guitar sound. And the, the drums are uh, Oh my god. Uh, what's his name? drummer, I know the name of the drummer. Anyway, uh he just uh, it hammers on the snare, really like a, um, a what's it called when you do that? Really fast ta ta ta. you know uh, that's
1: like a punk punk type beat, I guess a punk yeah. beat. Is the drummer is that Robert Ericsson exactly Roban Ericsson? Rob I actually recently worked with him in uh, Oh really in in a yeah, in a jazz bar. He played with a, a smaller hard rock band, like a dive bar type band. Uh, I was
0: wondering. And, uh, I was wondering. Very, wo-
1: very, very good drummer. And uh, yeah. that particular night, the, the skin of the bass drum where the, where the mallet hits uh, broke in, during the sound check. Oh. oh, no. And uh, <laughs> I, had to, I had to get a colleague to go by Subway to pick up a backup back kick drum. <laughs> and uh, when you work with professional guys, they, they are not really, you know, they're not willing to bend. They're like, okay, you better get a, a bass drum here. I'm going to go ahead and wait, and you're going to bring a bass drum, which is completely uh, in line. That's that's yeah. my job, and I did find a bass drum, and uh, it was a great gig. So, yeah, yes. Very, very good drummer. He was voted like the best best uh, Swedish rock drummer one year, or, and also Jämte of the year, which is like the county he's from. Oh yeah, <laughs> got yeah, to yeah. represent the county, being <laughs> the, the biggest star of Jämtland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some drummer, t- anyway. yeah, the yeah, one. yeah. No, it's great, and,
0: and we also have um, on bass uh, Kenny. Uh, yeah, actually, I didn't prepare so so much for this episode. I just wanted kind of to get it, uh, uh, just do it on feeling, because I think we we uh, I, already you saved me by having this amazing anecdote about the drummer. Uh, but we <laughs> yeah, have yeah. Ke- Kenny, of course, uh, long time uh, helicopter space player. And we have um, uh, Boba Fett, or what is
1: Was he Fett. already in the band at that time? Uh, was he maybe not? I worked with him as well. Great guy oh. too. Uh, he's, uh, he, I worked with him. He was a guitarist when I worked with him. But ah. Obviously, in helicopters, he was playing piano. Yeah,
0: and he, he does the uh, do one thing in the helicopters. He plays one key, just really key. <laughs> always. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> okay, so uh, I, I'm a bit, you know, like, uh, I think, yeah, maybe they were just a uh, uh, four piece back then, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, they yeah, managed so, to crank they... out a lot of sound on their first uh, uh, LP. I mean, th- this is how you're supposed to. Uh, to listen to it, it, it has some very passive-aggressive liner notes. If you have the <laughs> CD, I mean, basically saying you're an idiot for buying the CD and not the vinyl because you miss these these two extra songs that are on the <laughs> vinyl, and the sound is when, also worse. <laughs> I mean, <laughs>
1: when when was it released? What's the release year? Ninety-five. Of the right. Super 95, super shitty to the max. Ninety-five. Yeah. Ninety-five. Yeah, because I think that album was a reaction to the '90s production ways, the yep. overproduction and overlayering of the '90s, and I think mm. helicopters was kind of the band to go against that and, uh, mm. and go for a very punk-oriented approach, very MC5-inspired.
0: Yeah, and, uh, they, they're totally. I mean, they're uh, they were inspired by MC5, classic garage rock band. That I think they actually brought them kind of back to the forefront. You know, like they uh, they brought the garage rock band, uh, the, the garage rock sound back into the yeah. public. Uh, uh, Mindset because it it was really never that big. I mean, you can maybe the biggest band you can imagine is uh, the Stooges, and then the Iggy Pop
1: easily uh, eclipses their fame. Um, Sure, I mean, first they were the Stooges, right? And then they were Iggy Pop and the Stooges, and then the band was Iggy Pop, (laughs)
0: right? But they were never the Stooges featuring Iggy Pop, Uh, Uh, no,
1: no, (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) it was like a seventh star. Uh, uh, Black Sabbath featuring Tone (laughs) Iommi that's an awesome album I remember seeing that in uh, in a record store back in the day (laughs) uh, you still went to buy uh, CDs like that and I was like what the fuck is this (laughs) (laughs) Tony Iommi standing looking absolutely hollowed out from cocaine standing (laughs) there with his leather jacket alone and it's like this is so sad man yeah So, something uh, the helicopters do very well.
0: Uh, I mean, they're they're occasionally playing now again. They they f- they famously called it quits with a couple of. Uh, I, you could, if you're nice, call it big shows, uh, but it was at the Baser Mädis in Stockholm. So yeah, not well, they were big. a fairly big band. Yeah, they, okay. they had a, like yeah.
1: a, a proper international career going. Sure,
0: on. Sure, sure, uh, but oh yeah, uh, helicopters. They were supporting uh, Foo Fighters in. The, in America on their American uh, American tour, and there is a film about it also. I think it's like Good Night Cleveland, uh, something like that. And in the it was shown on SVT uh, Swedish Public uh, Television back when I was a kid. I thought it was really exciting uh, to see this band that I I, I enjoyed uh, on Swedish television. Um, and they they in the in the in the documentary. They show these envelopes that they got from Dave Grohl and the, the interviewer, and they asked,, so "What's in the envelopes?" And they take it out, and it's like, "And it's 1,000 dollars <laughs> that they got, because Dave Grohl heard how little they made on the tour, that they were actually losing money, so he felt bad for them. He felt pity. <laughs> he took pity on them, and gave them yeah. each a1,000 dollars. For him, it's like pocket money, but for them, it was like the more money than they ever saw in their life.
1: Quite cute actually the whole thing is quite cute it was a thousand dollars each or
0: yeah yeah yeah, exactly so yeah, the, that's the, pretty the,
1: nice actually they've yeah. been a real nice guy there I have yeah. to I have to admit yeah and
0: I think this was at the time they had made just released high visibility which had you know one of their most yeah the, their are date my most, favorite uh, yeah it's great it, their most successful uh, album with uh, no song and her toys and flavors uh, and so on, a yeah. lot of hits, but still you know, they didn't, that was the most money they ever saw, and maybe that explains why Nick Andersson starts so many bands
1: Yeah, yeah, he's like a project master in that sense, and uh, he, he's usually the only one in the band that like is a principal songwriter and can actually somewhat live off being a musician, so I yeah. remember I heard like some uh, ex-members being a uh, bitter about this and they're oh. like, yeah, we all have to go work our construct- construction jobs and warehouse jobs and he's just uh, on his sofa smoking hash coming up with riffs all mm-hmm. day every day mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh, I kind of have to be on the Nicky side in this one if you want to be that guy you have to start your own band and you have to write yeah. the songs so uh, it,
0: it,
1: well, at this point though uh,
0: Dregen was still in the band uh, Dregen was a famous uh, guitar player from uh, the Backyard Babies uh, arguably the mo- most famous Swedish rocker ever. Because uh, in the 90s, when uh, he came out, I mean, no one looked like him. He really, you know, he, he has a very, his signature look of this yeah. uh, kind of almost looking like a, a mix between Glenn Danzig and uh, Nicky Six, but with a, um, with the, ca- uh, like a, a, what's called, mössa on his head. Uh, a bit emo, you know, with uh,
1: yeah, a lot a of rings emo, in a his bit- Manga, I think, a little bit the Japanese style, you know. Yeah, like, also uh, like visual, cute, visual pop, visual
0: cute, yeah, a, a cute but a dangerous little boy man, boy. I would say. But boy I, man, I, yeah. I like him. But he was always on the late night talk shows in Swedish, uh, Sweden. And he would, uh, he would take a taxi because he he was a rock star. He can't take the subway, so he took a taxi between Sveriges uh, Television and TV4huset and Kanal 5, <laughs> but then his manage- management got really upset and told him, you don't even make that much money. You can't, we can, you can't afford it. But he, he didn't yeah. stop taking a, a cab. He just said, uh,
1: no, I have to do yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. Now they, he, he had the, the Backyard Babies was like a parallel band, not that different in style, but arguably a worse band, at least in my opinion. Mm. And uh, they, they were kind of existing on a parallel there for a while. And then he was out of helicopters before High Visibility. He's not on mm. that one. I think they had the strengen on that one. Yeah, um, uh, string and yeah. also a
0: great guitar player. Uh, but it, it's the idea is that Nick Anderson is the the main composer and rhythm guitar player, I would say. And then you have an, but he also does he also solos. But he then solos. you have an extra solo guitar guitarist that you can sta- He could stand uh, back to back against and hold up. Bo- both, of them, both the guitar players would stand back to back, hold up the guitars like in a yeah. like it, co- like conquering a, an army or climbing a mountain. It's really uh, fantastic to behold. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh,
1: their little uh, their little uh, choreography right there. That's definitely, about as much oh, as definitely. they planned, I guess. Like, let's yeah. lift the guitars at this spot because that would yeah. look badass, and it does actually.
0: Yeah, and, and but having two guitar players, I mean, this also it may sound like a uh, you know like yeah, this is how you do it and i mean a lot of bands it's kind of you have a rhythm guitar player and you have a lead guitar player that's pretty common uh and but what that gives and uh, especially in the helicopters is that they they have often two parts uh for the the two players so you have uh at, the, at first in the song if we go back to the riff they both play the uh the kind of lead uh the lead the first lead but then you you can mix it up a bit so you have the other guitar player do the power chords and then i mean that's um it it is kind of uh, also often in garage rock. Uh, it's kind of it's it's not that complicated, but when, when you uh when you layer that, you get this effect of um uh even more things happening. I mean there is a small easy lick, and then there's a very simple uh chord progression. But together it, it really becomes a fat, full sound, and then when they both play this kind of, what I feel is one of their best riffs. (laughs) And you get this added effect of them playing the same thing, and it just gets...
1: Yeah, I I think they really play well with the dynamics. uh, with the yeah, two, they have, uh, this, uh, they have this loose, punky rhythm to it, which was not actually that common in '95. It was like an era of industrial-type sounding uh, rock productions, uh, very like, very like uh, on on grid, so to yeah. speak, like uh, quantized, yeah, ex- quantized rock. And they, they come in with this uh, wild uh, live vibe to it. And I think Super oh, Shitty sure. was uh, recorded very quickly, yeah, like a couple of couple of days. And, yeah. uh, that was a, uh, a choice uh, they made uh, to do it like that. Oh, for sure. Uh, but it also, like, their early early shows,
0: uh, the, there is one, I think, when they're playing in the tent, uh, the close-up tent, the close-up magazine tent at Hultsfred, And they just, like, they, they barely fit in the tent. And uh, Robin Eriksson is, like, just, you know, his, his drum set is the whole tent. So, they like, they're playing <laughs> out in the audio. It's great. I mean, it's so chaotic. And I think maybe... Uh, one similar band at the time would be Bob Hund uh, that also uh, uh, had a similar like a
1: punky w- vibe, but maybe even a bit more correct in a way, more more quirky. I would say like uh, indie pop quirky, indie pop, but also. quirky. I'm quite a, I'm quite a fan of uh, Bob yeah. Hund actually. I think uh, great band, great band. I heard a new song by them uh, that
0: I was kind of blown away with uh, that I was going to send you, but then I, I was a bit unsure if you would like them, so I forgot
1: about it. <laughs> mm. <No, laughs> really a- anyway, actually. I dig them.
0: Uh, no, but I, I, Bob Hund also, they they play um, live, they play Search and Destroy by the Stooges, which is also like mm. a huge influence on helicopters, of
1: course, and I think they might have even have played uh, yeah, a couple of uh, Stooges riff. Um, very funny oh. frontman. He was like arrested for drunk, drunk and disorderly uh, behavior when he was absolutely sober. Oh. <laughs> it was like this is just how I. I this is my stage act, guys. Uh, I'm not. I'm not like a raging drunk. Uh, he would like fall on stage, uh, make these falls, and absolutely oh, yeah. hurt himself. He threw.
0: He so. threw himself on the kravasket. On the how do you say the the fence. Yeah, uh, the security fence. The security fence. Like just you know, and I think that. Iggy Pop did similar things, you know, and that's fucking—that's not good for your intestines, kids. So uh, yeah. don't do that if you're in a uh, if you're in a pop band from Skåne. Uh, <laughs> in that sense, I think that it's an interesting. And '90s was pretty cool, I think. You know, there, there was even though a lot was quantized, but and maybe played to a grid. I think there was uh, a lot of small bands like o- opposing the the status quo. In a, yeah. in a good way.
1: It was a lot, of, uh, a lot of leaning back to the 70s and 60s, uh, but also with that slightly more modern uh, pr- production approach uh, when uh, you could record it with computers and such. So it was kind of a mishmash uh, rock era and maybe the last rock century, mm. I think, uh, or maybe 2000 to 2010 or something. But then since then, it's, it was more kind of like uh, rock after death. <laughs> <Something like that. laughs> Speaking of which, Helicopters have an album called Rock and Roll is Dead. Yes. Uh, which is uh, kind of I
0: I just thought about it uh, and uh, I want to be a little bit critical to it even though I like it I think uh, that at that point it's so well produced and so like the guitars are so clean uh, you hear every note and it's like like impeccably played uh, that it's kind of uh, dead already I mean that it's kind of it's his own title it's describing itself um, uh-huh. So yeah, <laughs> that's successful. Ironically,
1: ironically, yeah. And I think yeah, I think Nick Anderson is a great producer, but maybe sometimes he he should should have cared less maybe about mm. the, 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 the finesse and the precision in his uh, maybe later albums. I mean, yeah. maybe he went a little bit pedantic there.
0: Maybe, and I also like, I uh, really enjoy the the early vocals. It's so distorted. Uh, it, like it, it, you it's really a different sound and it's really uh, it, it really ties well together with like the where entombed ended i mean that's where helicopter start you really hear the, that it's the same yeah. guy who made the, uh, to ride shoot
1: straight and speak the truth and then uh, shoot superseded to the max i mean it Actually, might, it, he was in both bands at that time right because yeah. i think to ride is from 97 but they yeah. also had some uh, issues with uh, labels. So maybe it was recorded way before. I'm not sure. But yeah, no, released, he, uh, I don't yeah, know. They, yeah. He had the parallel uh, acts going on there for a little bit. But yeah. then uh, helicopters took off and uh, he left Entombed. Yeah. And then Ent- Entombed made this rock album, right? Uh, yeah, Entombed <laughs> also kind of ventured there. Uh, I guess they wanted to experiment too. So they also, also kind of went on a, like uh, another path there for a little bit. Mm
0: um i'm yeah i'm i'm a huge helicopters fan i
1: uh i really like for
0: a for a while there i really felt that they were like my band that i uh yeah I just really could i liked following them i liked seeing what 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 they were doing what what would come next uh also going back a bit before you know reading about them and so on and i think they were also kind of the like the fa- the media favorites in a way i mean they they weren't huge but uh, I think they were kind of easy to approach with again, of course, being, you know, this uh, famous uh, uh, leading man, leading guitar face player. Of
1: rock. He was the face of rock, hard rock in, yeah. in Sweden for a long time. Can I, can I play a,
0: a, a favorite riff of, uh, of mine? They're kind of, they later, it's from uh, their EP Strikes Like Lightning, and it's A, a View From Nowhere. I think I just want to... <laughs>
1: A little bit of a folky sound, like a very 70s-oriented mm. riff.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the sound, you got even more into the classic rock uh, vibe on this, um, uh, what's, it al- what's that album called? That uh, uh, The one after High Visibility? By the Grace of God? By the Grace of God. It's more, to me, it's more classic rock. It's more like closer to Kiss than MC5, I would say.
1: Yeah, they uh, kind of made it a sport to play with as little distortion as possible there for a while which is not the case on the first couple of albums.
0: Yeah, I think maybe I don't know, maybe we'll uh will get back to helicopters later talking about their later years uh of course totally different from uh got to get some action or the song now. Um now. but uh yeah, really enjoy enjoyed playing that riff and uh, hope you did as well. And uh, now I'm super curious to hear what you brought with your loungy Lizard guitar there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to play jazz like I did in the intro. The intro was a little snippet of Autumn Leaves. It's like a classic jazz standard. Just because I realized it would be nice with this sound. Mm. But what I'm heading for is much more rudimental uh, in terms of guitar playing. Uh, this, this guitar player was famous for not having played that long. I think he played another instrument before because otherwise he's too good for uh, supposedly have been playing only for six months when this band was started. Okay. But oh. he is also quite a basic uh, guitarist in a way and he definitely has his own style so and i think you will recognize this little riff goes like this
0: Yeah, I recognize it. I don't know. So give me a give me a clue.
1: I'll give you a clue. It's sixties, uh, sixties okay. music. And uh, <laughs> it
0: actually made it harder for me. <laughs>
1: uh, this very kind of uh, clean clean Fender, almost a little bit Western style uh, sound. Uh, it's an American band, and it's an American sounding riff. Oh, it's um, the Doors. Yeah, you got it. Yes. It's, uh, People are strange. Oh, in their second of course. Album, uh, strange days. Nice. Yeah. And uh, the guitarist at hand is uh, Robbie Krieger.
0: People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked when you're unwanted. Oh,
1: sorry. The streets are uneven when you're down. I like yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> like you have a shitty mood, and even the street is uneven uh, yeah. under your feet. And uh, yeah, amazing, the principal amazing, songwriter so. in The Doors, they, they had this kind of uh, left wing attitude, so they shared like all music and lyrics by The Doors. But mm. uh, uh, Robbie Krueger was actually the guy writing most of, of the music. And uh, he, uh, yeah, supposedly had only been playing for six months when he became the guitarist in, in The Doors. Really? But I'm sure he had another instrument before that because otherwise it's, it's too good.
0: I'm always a bit, uh, you know, like, I get suspicious when I hear these things. I, I, I forgot to mention, Nicky Anderson always says that he is really good at cheating on guitar. He claims that oh. he can't play guitar, that he only, like, uh, makes, uh, he makes it look like he's good at uh, faking it. And everyone, oh, I, you know, if you talk to someone trying to learn the guitar, you get so angry. Because he's great
1: at <laughs> guitar. Yeah, uh, but I, think, I don't know I, why i like that this. Uh, that uh, that attack that go go fake it till you make it i've always yeah. kind of played guitar like that i just wanted yeah. to sound uh, right it doesn't have to yeah. be with the correct technique or yeah you know, or, or it's, or just, ma- it's just maybe, me i guess but uh, yeah, i like to i like to uh, maybe take it on volley I yeah
0: like but maybe in his case he also like he also aims high maybe he aims for uh, ace freely or maybe for uh, Michael Schenker uh, I don't know but uh Robbie Krieger he didn't have those people to look up to so his influence actually the, the doors to me there there's like such a singular band uh yeah, really not many ad- other bands sound like them although i could you know Procol Hiram maybe has something uh, you know like there's some bands uh, but I still think, like uh, Glenn doors. Danzig
1: is the closest <laughs> Yeah, okay, he but really he ca- he, he did, that. but that's like uh, aping almost on an, a level of aping, and much later. So if yeah. you talk about the Doors' inspirations, it's always interesting with these bands from the '60s what yeah. they listened to because they kind of didn't listen to rock because there wasn't that much rock. So a lot of I think a lot of the, yeah, Led Zeppelin or uh, Vanilla Fudge, uh, Carmine Appice, uh, he he listened to jazz drummers because all the rock and roll drummers were just playing very straight mm. forward. But anyway, uh, regarding uh, Doors, I think they took a lot of inspiration from uh, strange cabaret and burlesque music. They have a cover song on the first album, uh, the Alabama song, oh, yeah. or uh, a whiskey song, maybe a whiskey bar, something like that. And uh, I think a lot of it comes from strange music like that. And, uh, Jim Morrison was heavily inspired by Frank Sinatra, so he has that croonery kind of thing. And yeah, they, they really draw from like the, 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 great old, the great old American riff bank. Yeah, well, how is that uh, whiskey bar? It's something like... Uh, Something like that, you know. It's a very uh, kind of polka. You know, it's like a polka song, uh, a two beat, like one two one two one. Anyway, the song we're doing is "People Are Strange." It's from the second album, "Strange Days," and uh, they were that kind. They were that kind of band that had practiced a lot. Uh, you know, they had a, a nice rehearsal uh, cottage on on the on the beach in in on the west coast in California, in U.S. And they uh, they had like thirty forty songs ready when when they kind of um, hit it off uh, so uh, first uh, three albums or two albums are full of these kind of uh, accumulated uh, uh, riffs and lyrics and uh, a lot of the songs are very strong very good songs on those early releases I would say
0: <laughs> I just tried to play this circus song <laughs> I just got I just uh, I got very uh, um, what's to say uh, I couldn't stop thinking about it you know this this uh, Traditional circus song that's actually written by someone who still uh, who was alive very late uh, very long, uh, but didn't receive any uh, royalties for it. Hmm. Anyway, I play wh- that
1: song sometimes too. It's a fun song. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I think I uh, like many had this period, maybe when I was a teenager, when I idolized Jim Morrison a little too much and uh, tried to look like him. I had the same kind of uh, uh, enlarged uh, uh, mushroom uh, hair. Uh, which yeah. I kind of pull off. It was uh, rather thick at that time, so I think it was okay. But I mean, if I told anyone I was trying to look like him, I mean, they would have laughed because <laughs> he was yeah. like you couldn't yeah, be I mean, any a more out. Guy. Yeah, he's a good-looking guy, but I mean, you could you couldn't be any more like yeah, uh, you know, it's uh, the doors in the early uh, knots, you know, like yeah, no. Um, but yeah, no, I, I listened a lot to the first and second and third album. I think,
1: yeah, and I, mean, I uh, uh, the second album is my favorite, Strange Days, and Doors is one of those uh, um, crib bands for me. You know, like uh, I don't know the first time I heard the Doors because my dad was a big fan and. I mean I I I have heard that I used to like listening to The Doors I would mm. like uh, I would crawl around on the floor maybe like uh, your son is doing now <laughs> and just you know I would always feel good if, if he put on Doors but he also had to crawl on the floor I heard I didn't like when he was like meters above Okay so the the recipe for uh, my well-being as a toddler was to listen to The Doors and uh, crawl together mm. on the on the uh, living room carpet apparently <laughs> So yeah it's it's a band that you know for me it's it's quite close to me I I've listened to them my entire life, and mm. especially this album is, is great. But uh, they have many good songs.
0: Mm. People are strange. Uh, I mean, it, it's fun that the uh, it, it's inter- It's like yeah, it's a, it's normally it's one of the best lyrics I think uh, from Jim yeah. Morrison. Also, uh, it's it, it's fun that he describes how he looks at the world, which he does a lot, of course. But here, very very. Uh, precisely, like what when you're down, the uh, the streets are crooked. Right? Uh, what no, they're, yeah, they're uneven when you're
1: uneven. Down. I love that line.
0: I mean, yeah, it's it, it's it's good. It's uh, for you know he, he can get a bit too much. He can uh, uh,
1: he, he's, he's accused of being pretentious. Yeah, I mean he, his aspirations to be a poet. His aspirations to be a poet uh, backfired sometimes. I would say. Mm. Yeah, like he was a great frontman, but maybe not a great poet. But a good lyricist, a good rock yeah. lyricist. No, I good mean, good if we go, went to the feeling of this song, I think it really marries the, the, the lyrics and the title, uh, even the sound of the riff. And the mm-hmm. vocal line kind of mimics the riff too. And it has this kind of a little bit uh, noir vibe, I would say, like a mm. rainy streets, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. like a, just a bad mood song. Yeah. And uh, Great lyrics, people are strange when you're a stranger, faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked when you're unwanted. Streets are uneven when you're down. Mm. Uh, When you're strange, faces come out of the rain. When you're strange, no one remembers your name. It's basic stuff, which I dig. I mean, you shouldn't overly complicate your lyrics if you have a good theme like this. No. Um,
0: And... there's so many things to go into. I'm like, for some reason, I remember the film. Have you seen the film?
1: Uh, yeah, the, with the one Kilmer of Kilmer like, from from the 90s. Yeah,
0: one of the most biopicy biopics ever. It's so like following that uh, biopic formula perfectly. You know, with the uh, the rise of the band, the first struggles, and then like how they write that uh, "Light My Fire." Like in, a, it just comes to them, and then there's a montage of them making the song, and then it hits number one they're on tour, they're doing drugs, having fun, you start feeling that, okay, this is somewhere, someone is not doing so great, and Jim Morrison, you know, gets too drunk, makes an ass out of himself on stage, like verbatim from an actual event, of course, filmed from the same kind of angle with grainy footage. Then he gets down and out, they do like uh, a great new album that goes well, they kind of uh, resurges, everything is going to be fine, he has a heartfelt Uh, conversation with uh, uh, um, uh, Ray Manzarek, you know, okay, they're saved, and then he goes off to Paris, I'm just gonna go to Paris, guys, and relax. Okay, you go. Uh, And then he dies in the bathtub.
1: He does. That's the film, and I don't
0: even remember the film, but that that is the film.
1: You know, that's... uh, Pretty much, yeah. And I think the film was uh, somewhat hated by the members of The Doors, because they felt that it romanticized the uh, the naughty side of rock and roll in a way that they were not comfortable with like they're, they're, but of course they are the band so they know what it's actually like mm. they shouldn't really see a biopic I think <laughs> like they are the, clearly not the audience for this film right
0: no no did, did you see yeah exactly did you see the, the Queen biopic
1: uh, I did not I
0: yeah see, but it, uh, some people it, said it was good um, it, it the problem with this is, is that the you know if you go okay I'm gonna go see a, a queen biopic what do I, what do I want to see yeah I want to see Freddie Mercury maybe Brian May uh, doing a solo or playing 39 by himself like yeah I, I don't know why but that's not what happened the, the the rest of the band got too much to say so. Mm. They they have screen time equaling Freddie Mercury, so it's like twenty five percent of all the mem- of each members have screen time, and that's not it's, it's okay for their you know like for them oh yeah I'm on, in the in a movie but I mean it's it doesn't work it's, not, it, it's that's not what you want to see and it's like not it feels weird,
1: yeah it sounds like a not great idea simple as that and i think that oliver stones uh, the doors film actually it focuses on the right person uh, i must say yeah. yeah i think so too i think yeah the band doesn't really have a say in this i don't remember if it was a good film or not i think it received mixed reactions right it's how i described it it's a biopic it's it's yeah. okay it's it's what it is you know it's it's neither good nor bad it's just like describes a wikipedia article <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, I mean it definitely relit it definitely relit the the concept of uh, the band the doors. Yeah 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 no I mean, of the course the, you, and, uh, shouldn't, you shouldn't you uh, shouldn't underestimate
0: the uh, the like short fina- uh, short term financial gain that you can get from uh, a movie about your band.
1: No that's true. Sure and as we said earlier about the uh, helicopters that the 90s had a lot of uh, 60s 70s in it so it was a perfect time I think to uh, Re, uh, re-release the band so to speak yeah,
0: yeah. Have, have you thought about that like how that's kind of funny How in the, in the 80s it was the 50s you know then they, they made uh, Back to the Future which is a huge yeah. 50s film and then in the 90s uh, you have Days of Confused Richard Linklater with uh, you know the classic line by Matthew McConaughey uh, what I love about high, uh, high school girls that the older I get, I get older. They stay the same age. And
1: <laughs> yeah. he definitely ultimate... calls his guitar uh, "she."
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ultimate creep line, but it's it's so like delivered so perfectly that the, the, the co-stars they just laugh at it because it's <laughs> so unexpected. Mm, yeah. Anyway, that was the nineties, going back to the seventies, and definitely I think the the OOS or the knots or the two
1: thousand early 2000s, was a call back to the eighties, and now we're at yeah. the nineties. Sort of, sort of, yeah. Now it's also like a big mishmash. That's the feeling of it. But maybe when we look back at this era, we we will uh, like see quite clearly that we are uh, currently in the '80s.
0: Yeah. Oh well, I mean, you, you know, we were, we are now the, uh, I guess, the economic, the economic power of uh, consumers, and we grew up in the '90s, so we want to see the '90s. I think that's that's the simple answer. Uh, Probably. But anyway, it will take some wi- a while before The Doors get another feature film. And, but should they get like a resurgence musically? Do you know any bands that are like heavily inspired by The Doors currently?
1: Like you said, they're kind of they're being of their own. Like obviously, Glenn Danzig copied a lot of the mannerisms from Jim uh, from Morrison uh, into his evil Elvis-type thing mm-hmm. that he does. But uh, not really mm. too many bands. I mean, I've, seen, I've worked with a few smaller like, uh, psychedelic rock bands that take a bit of that approach. And One thing I really like about the psychedelic rock uh, is that a lot of the songs, the longer songs, were kind of crafted as jams on stage, talking about mm. songs like The End or When the Music's Over. Uh, they started mm. out as loose jams with some spoken word in it and uh, kind of similar to War Pigs by Black Sabbath. That was a jam. And uh, like it's quite an organic way to let a song grow. Like you play every night at the Whiskey A Go Go, and uh, uh, before yeah. you know it, you've got songs that have been ri- written there in front of the uh, LSD-infused crowd, which is pretty cool, you
0: know. The- no, I think that's a nice thing, a nice way to write uh, uh-huh. write music. Uh, one yeah. of our favorite bands, or back in the day, at the, like, they were they were our favorite bands enough that we started a uh, tribute band to them, Clutch. They uh, uh, yeah. They they used to bring uh, their uh, unwritten. They wrote on the road and they performed on the road and then they recorded yeah. the album, which is for it was a great experience. They said they like they already know which part they should cut and then they worked every night uh, to uh, perfect the songs. Uh, that,
1: that's wonderful. Power player by Clutch. That could be a Doris riff. Play yeah, with that sound. Exactly.
0: Oh, mustache and supernova. the Yeah, Neil Fallon, he, he has some. He, maybe I, I think he likes uh, Jim Morrison. I think they have some mannerisms. And they also had. Uh, the organ uh, and this kind of laid back rhythm section, uh, and uh, not that expressive, but very like functional guitar playing. Uh, but yeah. very, you know, like a very vibrant, like uh, focus on the vocals, focus on the, the lyrics and the, the like quirky lyrics, lyricism, and the kind of this delivery, the powerful delivery of the frontman. That's that, it's a fun, it's an interesting um, uh, connection, maybe.
1: I would say so, and I think in the case of uh, Touch, is the, the the show is the drummer JP Gaster and uh, Neil Fallon, and then the the guitarist uh, I think Tim Salt or something like that mm. that might be the bass player. Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, Tim One of them Tim
0: Salt is the guitarist. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and they kind of just stand there like flag flagpoles. Uh, those mm. two guys, the string guys, and then you, like the show and the action comes from the drummer and the, and yeah. the singer, and you know, kind of similar to ACDC, dc where the show is. Uh, uh, Angus Young is like a huge part of the show where Cliff Williams and uh, Malcolm are more like steadily posted and uh, Iron Maiden with the guitarists the original uh, I mean not the original but the main guitar duo with uh, Adrian Smith and Dave Murray they also kind of stand still and yeah. uh, Bruce and, and Steve does the show so I think you could have that kind of divide in a band and if we look at the doors they're just four guys and I think mm. they really complement each other very well I think that's the strength in the band like Ray Circus is this kind of uh, professor type guy. I, I was just the, about to say that. Chords, <laughs> he knows all the chords. He knows the the Bach cadence. He can do Bach cadences, and and then uh, he's like the super musical guy. Robbie Krieger is the basic guy coming up with the songs, like the basic structure of the songs, uh, chords, sometimes lyrics. Jim Morrison obviously the artist, and then uh, John Densmore is uh, one of my favorite musicians. He's just a, an awesome drummer. He draws a lot of uh, inspiration mm-hmm. from Latin beats and and uh, jazz.
0: Oh yeah, they skipped the they skipped the bass player. Ray Manzarek doubles the bass, right, with the pedals sometimes. Or
1: now his his left hand is playing a, a bass keyboard, like oh, okay. a Fender bass keyboard. Yeah. So his, his left hand is the bass player of the Doors. But on the albums, they sometimes overdub with session bass players. Wow. but live it was always Ray. Yeah. Ah, nice.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, they they for sure deserve uh, more attention for their uh, for their music than and not only for the lyrics. I think there I to be totally transparent I've been I was a bit like I oh, took them before me I've been practicing yeah. uh, light my fire on the on my piano uh Ooh, but maybe I, I'll, I'll bring I bring that when I, I mean I had I had a while to go it's uh yeah I, I to be all the way transparent but we might come back to that uh maybe yeah. in another also like a, another special episode about uh keyboards uh, yeah. Keyboard riffs. I mean, the, I really look forward to bringing that in, but I have to practice more, definitely.
1: Yeah, I think if we, if we look at today's episode, uh, Jim Morrison is a very different beast compared to uh, Nicky Anderson. Like, uh, Jim Morrison is clearly not like uh, writing too much music or anything, and he's very much just an artist, like an artistic persona. And quite quickly, he derailed also and felt like it was beneath him somehow or beneath his ambition to be a, be a rock singer. He wanted really to be that poet. So that's when, when they started to stray, the band strayed a bit.
0: Because yeah, Just quickly, I think it's also... Un- <laughs> uh, it's a bit uh, unfair to compare those two frontmen because I think it's also unclear whether or not Nicky Anderson has eyes under his cap. You, know, you, know, <laughs> yeah, <he's, laughs> you see his big hidden. mouth. Oh, i got to get some action now. And then <laughs> he yeah. has a big cap and hair flapping. He looks like a, a Muppet, almost. And then you have... Uh, Jim Morrison, that is, you know, like a beautiful uh, person, until he uh,
1: got a beard and got really fat. Of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Nick Anderson looks like Knassen to me. What is <laughs> yeah. the original name of What is the original name of Knasen Beetle Bailey. Knowson is a cartoon. It's uh, like a, a, uh, by Mort Drucker. Uh, uh, the, yeah, this military uh, syndicated cartoon that's in every newspaper. Uh, yeah, you know it, Beetle Bailey. Yeah, I don't remember the, the the American name, but it's an American cartoon, I think. Beetle mm. Bailey. What do you say? Cartoon, graphic novel. Graphic novel is too serious for Knassen. Uh, it's a comic. It's a comic. It's a comic yeah, strip. A comic. A comic. A comic strip. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he looks like that. because He also draws <laughs> his eyes with the graphic, all the time. Graphic novel. let <laughs> <That's graphic novel. laughs> see how they,
0: got, they get serious. They get serious.
1: <laughs> gets <laughs> serious. Beetle Bailey. Gets realistic shadowing and. Uh, like like yeah. you can see the sweat sweat in their faces. Yeah, so. but
0: also like dropping the jokes, uh, going like full frontal psychological. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, God, okay, that has to be done. We have to promote that. Someone, come back, do it.
1: Don Rosa. <laughs> Don Rosa <laughs> drops uh, Knaza.
0: the, the <laughs> Don Rosa goes Knosa. Yeah, he, he he brought light psychology to uh, to Uncle Scrooge for sure, for sure.
1: I mean, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a favorite album of mine. I think the whole album has a vibe to it. And they were quite, uh, if we look at the front cover, they were quite uh, early on to kind of experiment with that and not just have the band on it. They had a it's mm. a tiny poster of the doors on a, on a wall. And then it's just these uh, circus freaks, <laughs> uh, circus that's stars. Great. It's a beautiful just, cover. Take all the attention. And it's an amazing uh, cover for an amazing album. That's mm. you know, probably always going to be one of my favorites. And, I think "People Are Strange" is kind of the second title track to it. They have strange days too. Mm. Uh, I think it opens the album. But uh, "People Are Strange" is kind of like, like the, the, the one-two punch of title tracks.
0: Mm. Yeah, the first album's cover art I never really uh, enjoyed. I think that that's really like kind of set the set the stage for Jim Morrison being the for the frontman, having yeah. this huge face, and then we have the other three smaller faces right that's how it looks
1: yeah yeah, yeah. exactly and I, it's not awesome i much prefer uh, strange days but they have a great logo cover. it's really uh
0: yeah.
1: also yeah, beautiful really a singular yeah, very, nice. very cool yeah the door doors of perception acid rock <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's much something cooler. that has to be addressed with the, with the doors that they really kind of embodied this acid rock uh, desert type thing yeah and, wh- what is acid lyrically and Conceptually.
0: What, what is acid rock, actually? I mean, you call... It's, uh, Jimi Hendrix is... Uh, at least some of his songs are often
1: referred to as acid rock, but... Uh, it's I just can't... psychedelic. It's just psychedelic rock. Psychedelic. But, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, but yeah. you 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 kind of piggyback on the LSD uh, drug there. With,
0: because now you would had. say psychedelic. Uh, yeah. Psychedelic I mean, it rock. started
1: with uh, maybe Grateful Dead. Uh, was like a big name in that. I don't know when they when they were around, but mm. early, I think. You know, the whole California thing. and Yeah. Yeah. Uh, trip tripping and playing live which is a crazy experience mm. and uh, you know they kind of uh, faces outward for drugs uh, robbie krieger always came across as a, a massive stoner to me <laughs> his voice his face uh, quite a quite a, not a very pretty guy actually <laughs> <Robbie
0: Krieger. laughs> can, we, can we hear his riff again though because we only heard it yeah, once yeah sure
1: yeah let's go but it's just like a nice little uh, cadence there. Like yeah, it, simple. It, it, it contains the whole song, basically, in that riff. Mm. Yeah, no, it the sim- 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 simplistic, that's nice. Yeah, centers around E minor, E minor and A minor, and then a little bit of uh, these bluesy passing notes. Like mm. oh, Very simple, very traditional riff. I feel like listening to L.A.
0: Woman, L.A. Woman. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Mr. <Mister> Mojo Rising, <laughs> Mojo Rising, <laughs> Rising, <laughs> Rising. That's pretty cool. It's, it's, yeah. But I mean, the the comparison to uh, Clutch, not that far off, if I may yeah, say uh, it myself. Uh,
1: American rock bands, groovy, folk, heavy focus on on cool rhythms. Yeah. Uh, Doors definitely has a bit of lounge in them, uh, which maybe Clutch doesn't have as much of. And uh, I've, mm-hmm. for some reason, always been a fan of lounge music, even like elevator music. I just like a smooth groove, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Daedalus, your child
1: is fallen, and the labyrinth is calling. Ah, yeah, powerful. Yeah, I mean it's... powerhouse singer. We should go back to we should go back to
0: Clutch. Yeah, time. we're definitely coming back to Clutch for sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah, maybe to. Uh, yeah, how how should we round it off? You you just played the riff. I think uh, is there anything else you want to add to uh, I think we story of uh, the we Doors?
1: Of did this riff, and you know uh, we have uh, touched on uh, on the on the life of uh, the band Doors, and uh, mm-hmm. I mean I had to get into them sooner or later. So uh, mm-hmm. sorry sorry for stealing that band, but as we said before, uh, we don't have any limitations on how many times a band can pop up and gain it for riffs
0: no no but it feels like for for a while for some time it's gonna take a while in between at least but uh we'll see i mean the the rules change all the time uh it's interesting also like to see afterward uh, all the time afterwards we played we we recorded the episodes see like how the weird combinations we managed to do, like, yeah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah this, uh, like the first episode, uh, Opeth and High on Fire, yeah, maybe not so yeah. strange, but uh, uh, I mean,
1: Rainbow uh, and Rush, Montero yeah, and Led I like Zeppelin, that. Mega Man and All Man, like Mega All Man, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there's been some funny combinations there. Definitely, like touching on bands like uh, Justice, that you know, maybe not the first band to pop up on a on a. Typical riff list, I guess. So trying to change it up. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, dear listener, we have also had some plans now. I think we're in, I don't know, uh, we don't release every episode we record. Sometimes it's just not uh, up to speed, but mm-hmm. most of them are going to be released. And I think we're up at recorded uh, more than 10 episodes now. So we're slowly starting to think about special episodes. So if you have an idea for what you want to hear, you can email us at gainitforriffs at gmail.com. But we also have some ideas for Maybe a special concept episode uh, every 20 episode or something. Yeah. no and, and what, fun. what's
0: fun also is that already people have uh, asked me to uh, uh, yeah some uh, wish riffs and uh, yeah. some yeah, some I actually felt like, yeah, I'm gonna bring this in and that might uh, go directly into normal episode because that's also how we do it. you know, like there's no rules, the rule book is r- being written as we speak and as we riff. So uh, that that's good to know for you that you can influence uh, the program, uh, the podcast to a certain extent. Uh, very good to have you listening to us, and uh, as always, uh, to support us, it's very easy. Just go to Apple Podcast and give us a five star review. Uh, we would be very thankful. Otherwise, keep on listening and tell your friends or enemies.
1: Yes, keep on rocking in the free world. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Det var lite kul.